Okay, good morning. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Yud Ches in Maseches Pesachim. Well, we begin six lines up from the bottom of Yud Zayin Amud Beis, where it says, Uh Interestingly enough, as the great Daf Yomi master, Rabari Libwit says, we have here five rabbis with four opinions. Four opinions, usually it's the other way around. It's four rabbis with five opinions. But it's, it's four opinions regarding the source, or really based on the sources of Tumah with regards to liquids, what do we hold is the status of the tumma of liquids? Is it just, uh, t- does it just become Tame Midoraisa, but it's not Matame? Is it that it can become Tame and be Matame? Maybe it's neither, or maybe it's Matame, which was the last idea we said over here, Kariyosi Rabbi Shimon, that's how you get the five rabbis, where they say that the Kalim, it's possible that they held the, um, over here with regards to Rabbi Yehuda, they're trying to figure out Rabbi Yehuda's uh, position because he had position that he then retracted. He concluded at the end that the liquids it can only be matame other kalim midarabanan. And the question is, right? Initially, he said that mikalim that the kalim the liquids can be matame them midaraisa. He retracted that yesterday and said that you can only be matame kalim midarabanan. And the question is, did he retract in with respect to kalim, but not with respect to ochlin? Or when he retracted with respect to the ability of liquids to be matame? Was he retracting both by Kalim and also by Ochlin? That is where we pick up now. So with regards to Yehuda Shita, depending on whether he retracts only with Kalim or Kalim and Ochlin, that will determine actually whether he holds like Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon, or Rabbi Meir. Now, if you are, recognize any of these names, Rashi is going to be pointing out in today's daf, these are essentially the, the disciples of Rabbi Akiva. And Rabbi Akiva is going to come up in this daf as well. But Rabbi Akiva had five disciples, right? All was gone, right? All of his Talmidim were vanquished, uh, were destroyed. And he, after all of a lifetime of work, it all seemed gone, and he started all over a tremendous lesson with these five disciples, and they are the Stam Mishnah. In other words, usually we say Stam Mishnah like Rabbi Meir, when we don't know, because he was like the Talmud Mubhak. But sometimes the Stam Mishnah isn't like Rabbi Meir, but it's always like one of these five Talmidim. And these are the Talmidim that are represented here. They were discussing this issue of whether liquids are Tame Mida or Raisa. And do they have the ability to be Tame Mida or Raisa? They're going to attempt to uh, prove it over here in Yerches from the Psukim. So let's start six lines up as follows. Ibailahu, Mikaelim Buddha Hadar base. And now this is again referring to Rabbi Huda, his retraction with regards to the capacity of the liquids to, to impart Tuma. Was he retracting on Kalim? But maybe he holds like Rabbi Yossi with regards to the ability of the liquids to be Matame Ochlin Midaraisa. Or maybe he completely retracted his view regarding the liquid's ability to contaminate foods, and he holds like Rabbi Meir in that regard. So, look at our old friend. There he is, son of a gun. Amar of Nachman Bar Yitzchak. He's all over this Masata. Amar of Nachman Bar Yitzchak. Tashma. Let's, let's learn a, let's see if we can resolve that and figure it out from the following Mishnah. The Mishnah is in Para, and it has to do with the Para Aduma. Para Sheshasa Mechatas. A cow the, that drank the mechatas. The mechatas are, in fact, right, they're, they're made from the, their metame tahorim, but they're, and they are metaher tameim, right? They have that internal contradiction. You're supposed to be guarding these mechatas very, very well. This is a tragedy that the cow got to it. Be that as it may, they are tameim. Says the Mishnah in Parah, Besara Tame, the flesh of the animal becomes Tame, right? You're like, you open it up, you consider the, the kishkis of this animal Tame. That's unbelievable. That's the Tanakama. And Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Batlo Eha, that no, that this tumma of the liquids that the cow is drinking, the Mechatas, become nullified in the intestines of the cow. Um, now, if you think, now, Rabbi Yehuda had an opinion in Parah, right? Rabbi Yehuda said that those that those waters, the mechatas, the original Red Bulls, as it were, do not, uh, do not, are not metame the, the uh, me'ayim, right? They're not metame the basar. So it says, Vizak, Adachach, Mikaelim, Hudadabe, Avabachlin, Kerbiosi, Rav Shimon, Svirle, 
Am I bother by me'el gamre? Right? So he says like this. The question the Gemara asks, Rabbi Yehuda's position that the mechatas don't uh, contaminate, we'll call, we'll call imparting to him a contamination. The fact that the mechatas don't contaminate the intestines of the animal makes it sound like the, that the water that makes it sound like the mechatas become nullified in the cow's intestines, right? And therefore, what? How does that show whether they hold like Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon Because if he held that the Ba'ochlin, right? The assumption here now is that if Rabbi Yehuda held that, that uh, water has a Midoraisa ability to impart Tumah to Ochlin, then it would, he would not think that these waters lose that potency in the intestines of the animal. After all, if it was so intense, the ability to contaminate Ochlin, then it wouldn't, in fact, that lose that intensity in the intestines of the animal. As follows, Nihid the Tumah Chamura Lomatamo. Alright, even though it can't contaminate with a, with a very intense Tumah, Tumah Kala Mianitamo, but at least, at least you should still have, right, a slighter degree of Tumah, right, in the capacity of, of, of being ingested by the animal. Rashi explains here as follows. Mechatas, okay, there's really two ways of looking at it. You have to kind of explain it outside a little bit. Two ways of looking at it when a cow drinks mechatas. You could say, well, in a vacuum, the mechatas are tame. They're touching the intestines, which is like the busar of the animal, and of course it's metame. Or you could say, no, the cow is ingesting these mechatas. Once he drinks it, it's no longer mechatas. So the question is, does it lose its status of mechatas? Does it lose that shame, as Rashi says? Uh, that's the lesson of Rashi. Does it lose the shame of mechatas when it's being drunk? Now it's just water. So what the Gemara is saying here is, let's say it does lose the shame of mechatas. If, ha- if Rabbi Yehuda held like Rabbi Yossi or Shimon, then even if it's not mechatas, it's still tame. Because at, when it was mechatas, it was tame. And if it was mechatas and it converted into something else, so, so fine, you'll concede that it's a different thing. That now it's just regular drinking water or Red Bull or whatever you want to call it. But, whatever, but now it still retains a tumma. Why would the tumma fly away just because it's considered something else? It made itself tummy. Okay? So the point is, if you have like Rabbi Yossi or Shimon, that this tumma is a tumma that's strong, the rice a tumma, then, then you would not allow, you would not hold that the water is is totally not going to contaminate the uh, flesh, which in fact is what Rehuda holds in the mission of Para. So to make a long story short, it makes it sound like Rehuda holds that the liquids with respect to Oichlin are only Midorbanan, like Rabbi Meir says so. Okay. The Gemara however rejects the comparison to this uh, Mechatas as follows. It says, My nami. He says, what is Rabbi Yehuda, we're getting again into the Lumbus. Rabbi Yehuda says that it's that the Mechatas become totally right innocuous as far as Tum is concerned in the intestines of the cow. It means he says, first of all, it could be that Rabbi Yehuda concedes that. When Rabbi Yehuda, all he said was, So when he said, He may have just meant that they're now as opposed to That's number one. So at this point, he could be agreeing with Rabbi Yehuda. We can't, in other words, we can't know from the Mishnah and Para uh, whether, whether Rabbi Yehuda holds like Rabbi Yehuda or like Rabbi Meir. Okay, so the Gemara says, However, in other words, the Gemara says that, that that's not true. You can't still say that Rehuda holds like a Yosef and Shimon because the Tanakama in Para, right, in Mishnah and Para, says that it's still a Tumah Hamura, and it says that Besara is Tameh. It says that the implication is that the flesh over there is Tameh. So if the flesh over there is Tameh, so then the Machlokas would be that Rehuda holds that the flesh isn't Tameh. But, but, and therefore, even if he holds that it became a lighter form of Tumah, he would still have to concede, Rehuda would still have to concede that it's Tameh. In other words, the only way the Gemara is saying right now that Rehuda would be able to say that it's not metame at all. In other words, but 
may not may in and of itself not mean that it's tamei darabanan or or not tamei at all. But in contrast with the Tanakama of the Mishnah, Balubimeya makes it sound like it's not Tomei at all. So that would only, that could only be true if before the cow, if you held that liquids in general only have a Medirabonon uh, capacity to impart Tuma. Like I told Rabbi Gross. Rabbi Gross told me the Sugyad of Haninas Kanakalanim are totally overrated. So I said, Rabbi Gross, you are an authority on every aspect of Torah except for what is overrated. Let the dummies like me explain to you what is and isn't overrated. You just understand everything too readily. But this is actually, uh, it's a very, very interesting lumdus here with respect to looking into, uh, with respect to figuring out regards to the mechatas, whether these liquids are imparting to Mamidaraisa or not. Okay, so the Gemara then says, no, in the end, Kula Rabbi Yehudahi, the entire Mishnah, the Tanakama, this is amazing, the Tanakama and, Rabbi, and, and the Hemshech is all Rabbi Yehuda, the Chasur Mechsar Rabbi Katani. Well, usually we say this with the Brisa, but here we're saying it with regards to the Mishnah. The Mishnah itself was not explaining everything straight, and now let's say what the Mishnah is supposed to be saying explicitly as follows. This is how we straighten it all out, as follows. If a cow drank the Mechatas, the Basar is Tameh. Its flesh becomes Tameh, the eternal intestines and all the flesh that touches it. Wow, that's what the Mishnah should have said. That with regards to, right, to, to the, to the, Foods inside the flesh, it's going to be it's going to be tameh, but the tumah hamura, it is not uh, going, it's not contracting this kind, the intensity of a tumah, right? The mechatas, when they get into the intestines of the para, they still retain the amount of tumah to impart tumah to foods, but they lose of tumah hamura low, but they lose the intense capacity of tumah to impart tumah to kalim and to adam, which means. So it's all within Rabbi Yehuda, and it means one holistic thing, which is to say that Rabbi Yehuda holds very clearly, if you read the Mishnah and Para very uh, correctly, Rabbi Yehuda holds very clearly that liquids have the power to impart Tumah to Ochlim, but not to Kalim. And so that suggestion ends up being what we think Rabbi Yehuda holds. Or, Ravashi Amar, an alternative explanation of that Mishnah, a totally different a totally different uh, uh, direction, which is that the inside the cow, it becomes completely putrid, right? It's digestive, it's digested juices, and then it becomes entirely unable to bring tumah, which is the longest we were saying before. So another way of looking at the Mishnah basically nullifies what we just said, uh, just like the water's tumah was in fact nullified. And so it becomes two different ways of looking at that Mishnah. It, either way, it's either downgraded um, to the point where it can only be matama ochlin and not kalim, or it's downgraded and nullified from the ability to impart to him So we still don't fully have a clear understanding of what Rabbi Yehuda said in the Mishnah in Para, but we know that it was all Rabbi Yehuda, apparently. And we do, in fact, learn a couple, uh, several things along the way. One of them being that the ability to impart Tuma to, to Kalim is a more severe, that requires a more severe Tuma than the ability to require Tuma to Ochlin, which is something that we are going to be fleshing out, uh, pun intended, a little bit more in this stuff as well. So we're 14 lines down, uh, and we say it like this. Going back to the Bryce that we were talking about, the different shitas of the five rabbis with the four opinions. So now we're going to flesh out this idea of why something would be um, able to be metame ochlin, but not be able to be metame kalim. That that would require a more intense level of tuma in the liquid. Let's see. Amar Rabba Barbarchana, Amar Eshlakish. Rabbi Yossi, Beshitas Rabbi Kiva, Rabba Amra. Rabbi Yossi was saying all of this shita, right? Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon, but they're quoting Rabbi Yossi. He's one of the uh, big Talmidim. He's the uh, one of the right uh, Star Mishnah rabbis. And he learned it from the following pasuk. He really learned it from his Rebbe, who learned it from the following pasuk. Tadarsh, yitma itame. Okay, so we have two psukim here. Um, and the psukim say, v'chol kli cheres. This is both in, they're consecutive psukim in vayikra yud aleph. There's pasuk lamed gimel, pasuk lamed dalet. Kedai to read it because we're going to be quoting it 
a lot now. So Pasuk Lamed Gimel says, V'chol kli cheres, asher yipomahem el tochol, kol asher v'sochol, yitmah ve'ototish boru. So if you have a kli cheres, and something falls in it, we're going to see, obviously, it's a sheretz, um, and then, let's say, water goes into it, we'll discuss what goes on, yitmah. It says, it sounds like it, it has, it, it becomes contaminated, but we'll see that that, here we're saying yitmah, we're darshaning that it also means yitameh, that it has the ability to also impart tumah. Right? In other words, Rabbi Yossi reads the Pasuk like Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva happens to be talking about its ability to be matame other things. But Rabbi Yossi applies it to beverages as well. Right? He applies it to, uh, the, the Pasuk was written with reference to foods that were exposed to Tumah. Um, and then Rabbi Kiva, and, and, and Rabbi Yossi is going to impart it to liquids as well. The following Pasuk, the subsequent Pasuk in Vayikur Yod Aleph, Lamedalad is, Mikol HaOchel Asher Yachel, Asher Yavolav Maim Yitmah, the Gemara is going to point out that the word Yitma appears twice. We're going to see what that means. We had already learned this Pasuk. We thought the first part of the Pasuk on its surface sounds like it's talking about solids, foods, and then the second part sounds like it's talking about liquids. But we're going to see, um, we already saw before that it was talking about the two different uh, abilities to, of liquids to make a solid, to prime the solids uh, in order to become Tame, right? what we call Machshir, that the water is Machshir. And in fact, I should point out that that is the internal irony within, within liquids. Because we're going to be having a discussion now about whether liquids are more intense in tuma than solids or less intense in tuma than solids. We're going to be using this psukim to talk about the relative ability of water, of liquids and solids to impart tuma to kalim. And it's in fact a contradiction in a certain sense. Because we needed psukim here to teach us that water can contaminate other uh, items altogether. And yet, you know, that solids themselves can't be imparting any tuma unless they're in fact moistened by one of these uh, liquids. So uh, when I say water, I mean the Zion Mashkim. So the liquids, right, themselves are necessary for solids. They need to be, the solid needs to be moistened by it in order to have any tumma at all. And yet we have a discussion about whether the liquids themselves can impart tumma. And so we're going to sort out the relative strengths, the, the tumma potency of solids versus liquids. So here we go. Here is Rabbi Kiva's sheet of the Tanan. We have a mission in Sota where Rabbi Kiva expounds his position as follows. Bo Bayom, Darj Rabbi Kiva. Anytime you say Bo Bayom, we're referring to Maseches Edis, I think. Uh, anyway, on that very day, um, yeah, the day that, that Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah um, replaced uh, Rabbi Gamliel and the whole base management was flooded with Talmidim, Rabbi Kiva was there, and, and Asechus Adias was, was, but anyways, this is not a mission in Adias, it's a mission in Sota, where it quotes something Rabbi Kiva taught in that day as follows. The Pasuk says, as we just read the Pasuk, okay? And it says, any food, right, in the continuation of the Pasuk, it says, everything in it, which is to say, any food that can be eaten is going to become Tameh. Eino Omer, says Rabbi Kiva, Tameh, right? In other words, it could have used the word Tameh with just Tet, Mem Aleph, but it has a Yud there, Yitma. Why does it have the extra Yud? Because Yitma is to suggest Yitameh Acherim, that that food has the ability to impart Tumah to other things. Limeida Kikar Sheni, right? This is, means that it's talking about the ability to impart Tumah. That a loaf, technically what it means literally here is that a second loaf that would be inside whatever Klicheris we're talking about would be, if it fell into there, She'osish Lishi Bechulin, that would be able to generate, right, contaminate, as it were, the third degree Chulin. Um, now, we have to not hold like this, right? We don't hold that, that chulin are susceptible to third degree tumma. We hold that chulin are only susceptible to second degree tumma, and then the more kadosh something is, the higher degree of separation you're going to be susceptible to. So chulin is susceptible to second degree, shruma is susceptible to third degree, and kachim is susceptible to fourth degree, and nothing can get coronavirus or tumma if it's from a fifth uh, degree of separation. But Rabbi Kiva learned in that pasuk that even chulin can get a third degree of separation. So now, the Gemara is going to explain how Rabbi Yossi is going, to, is going to extend this to liquids, as follows. So how did Rabbi Yossi take this drusha in Maseches Sota that Rabbi Kiva had with solids and expound it to liquids, as follows. Right, because it says in the Pasuk, in the continuation, that any liquid that can be drunk, 
right, should become Tame. So again, Yitame. That when it says, with the extra Yud, it means that it could also impart Tuma. The Tame Tumas Ochlin. That beverages, again, have the capacity to contaminate Ochlin. And so that's where Rashi over here says, the second wide line, Imayah Mashkez Betochel Shul Klicheres, Deha'ala Kaitma. That it's saying that if this liquid was in fact inside the cup, so to speak, or in the klicheres, it would have the ability to contaminate the ochlin. And therefore, we have a pasuk teaching you that liquids can be metame ochlin. So, says uh, uh, the Gemara, a potential counter-argument. It says, You say that it means that the, bev- that the liquid can contaminate ochlin, right? Solid foods. But maybe it doesn't mean that. Maybe it means that it could only be metame other liquids. How do you know that it means it can be metame other solid foods? So, no, no, no. The, the, the Gemara says, that can't be. Why? Amat lokachi. You have to say that that can't be what it meant. Why? My lokachaya. Why? How do you know that? Amar of papa. A principle. A new thing that we had not learned until now. Which is, lo matzinu tumash oise kiyotseva. I called a lot of Dafyomi teachers about this. And for some reason, they didn't have an answer. The answer must be simple. But what Papa is saying is that we don't ever find edible items that are metamic items of their own kind, which technically means we don't find foods contaminating, we don't find solid foods contaminating solid foods, and we don't find liquids contaminating liquids. The only way that tumma is transferred is when a liquid is contaminating a solid, or vice versa, a solid is contaminating a liquid. But, but these solid and liquid states never contaminate um, a item in its own state. That's what it means. It says, So I freaked out. We just learned in the last couple of days, the Pasuk in Chagai, where the oil is contaminating the, the, the wine. And you have a solid, right? The bread contaminated the stew, contaminated the oil, contaminated the wine. So we had a solid contaminating a solid, and then a liquid contaminating a liquid, and nobody had an answer. They said, good question. They said, what do you mean good question? This is the most basic question. So I, I must be missing something. But for the purposes of our discussion, right, maybe it's a Darabonan thing, because we did say over there, and ultimately the Chagai was testing them on Dine Darabonan. So Midar Abanan, okay, maybe, maybe that works. We're now talking about Midar Raisa. So that's the best I can think of right now. But here we're talking about Midar Raisa. Okay, so again, now we're going to show Psukim and Kalvachomer to show that based on the fact that we know that liquids are not metami liquids and solids are not uh, metami solids, as follows. Here, here's a proof. Ravina Amar. Migufer dekra namilo matzis amrit. From the Pasuk it says, you could also say, it's also clear that you can't say yitzmah letami tumas mashkin. It's also clear not only from the principle of Papa that lo matzinu tumas oisek yitzmah, that liquids aren't metami liquids, but also from the Pasuk itself you could tell that what it's being metami is not a liquid. Why? Because because the Esau can take the Yitmas to say for the Tamatus Mashkin, because if you think that the Yitma here, the Safe is referring to the, la- the second half of the Pasuk, if you think that the, the word Yitma in the second half of the Pasuk is teaching you that, you can be metame, that a liquid can be Metame liquid, then Yitma duration, not the Tamatus Mashkin, then you would have to say that the first half of the Pasuk, the first clause in the Pasuk, would also be with reference to Tumas Mashkin, and Niarvi, uh, in other words, we know, right, and therefore Niarvinu Vinichsavinu, right, uh, we would take the Pasuk and we would simply write it in one sentence that says the word Yitma once, right? The Pasuk would read as follows, says the Gemara. It would read, Right? If all both, if both clauses in the Pasuk are referring to imparting, right, Tumma uh, to liquids, well, we know the first part is talking about that. So if the second part was also talking about that, then it wouldn't be broken up, as I mentioned earlier, when in Lamed Aleph, it wouldn't just say, it would just read it straight without the itma punctuating it twice, once in the middle and once in the end. In other words, again, the first clause in that pasuk is clearly saying that ochel is metame liquids. So if the second part was also talking about being metame liquids, the second part which is clearly talking about liquids, if it was also talking about being metame liquids, we would not have the word itma appearing twice. Rather, it would only appear once. Says the Gemara, Trey yitma lamali, why does the pasuk written in such a way where the word yitma is appearing twice? Ela yitma mashkin must be that the first half of the pasuk is talking about 
solid foods being metame tumas mashkin, right? Liquids. And yet the seifa metame tumas ochlein. And the second part of the pasuk is teaching you that liquids are being able to be metame solids. And so we have a biblical, right, source for the concept of a papa that liquids are only metame solids and solids are only metame liquids. Fine. So that's with respect to solid and liquid foods. Now let's see what the deal is with Caleb. Says the Gemara, maybe you can say that the second yitma isn't teaching you the ability to contaminate, right, liquids, but it's talking about the ability to contaminate solids. So here we go with the Kalvachomer. It says, no, beloved Kalvachomer, who can't we just know that it can't be talking about Caleb? It, from a Kavachomer as follows. Umakli, this is going to be a Kavachomer that you could probably tear apart, but Umakli Shemitame Mashke, Umakli Shemitame Mashke Ein Mitame Kli, right? So just like a Kli can't be Mitame, um, right? A Kli is, is Mitame Mashke, right? Let's say you have a Tame cup. So the Mashke inside of it, right, becomes Tame. Okay, so we know that a Kli is Mitame Mashke. And we know that a Mashke can't be Mitame Mashke. So if a Kli is potent enough to be Mitame Mashke, and a mashke isn't potent enough to be mekavel mash, mashke. So how can a mashke be potent enough to be metame a kli? That's the kavachomer, right? It should, therefore, it shouldn't be mekavel a kli. Andrew is nonplussed. He says, "What kind of kavachomer is this?" So again, let's read it inside. Love kavachomer who makli shemetame mashke and metame kli, right? Just like a kli that can be metame a mashke, right? And metame kli, it can't be metame another. Um, and the mashke, right, can't be metame another kli. Mashke nabayin machmas kli. Therefore. Liquids that become tame, right? Because they're in the kli. Ain't no dinshloi tamos akelim. Isn't it obvious that they can't be matame the kli? So this is what we said before, right? A mashke can't be matame mashke. A kli can be matame mashke. Therefore, kli is clearly is clearly strong, a stronger tuma. And if a mashke can't be matame, what a kli can? So then, clearly, a mashke can't be matame a kli. It shouldn't really have to work that way, but that's that's how they're setting it up. The kavachomer. But the gemara says the ema, but I can still say kilo matamo. When do you say that the mashke can't be matame the kli? Mashke nabayin machmas kli. That's about Mashkim that get their tuma via a by association. What do I mean? The kli, right? It's a weaker kind of tuma. When you have a sheretz that fell into, let's say, a kli at some point and contaminated that kli, and then you poured a tall glass of Red Bull in that kli, so then you're really getting the tuma by association, right? You're getting it from the sheretz, but indirectly. You're not getting it, right? You're not mainlining this tuma in, right into the mashke. Says the Gemara, right? What if you had the actual bug in your, in your mashke? So hachanami the metama. Maybe that version of a contaminated liquid would in fact be metamically. Maybe it'd be stronger. So the Gemara says, no, we, do we ever even hear in the Torah any of these took him or any of these actually alluding to liquids that, uh, that the sheretz fell into? So the answer is no. So as we turn to Yechesim Beis, he says, Rather, don't you think it just comes from Kavachomer? Here we go, another Kavachomer that's going to make Andrew shake his head. Even if a Kli, let's say a, a liquid, right, becomes Tame because it was contaminated by the Kli, right, that had been contaminated by the Sheretz, and that Mashkin could contaminate other things, then certainly you would think that, that liquids that come, that become contaminated directly by touching a sheretz, that is certainly they should be metame other things. You would think that that, that kavachomer should work. However, in that context, we apply the following kavachomer principle, the famous kavachomer principle, which we've already seen in the past, dayo lavo minadin lios kenidon. The famous kavachomer principle that when you derive a kavachomer, Right, this is, this becomes a little bit, uh, more complicated than it even looks. Rashi, um, Rashi, uh, uh get, gets into it over here. We are going to apply, but just know that Dio, in this particular case, for our purposes, we're talking about that once you learn, right, from the source case, in this case, which is liquids that are contaminated by Kalim that are contaminated by Sheretz, once you learn that halacha, that they can only contaminate foods, but not Kalim, so then, even in the Kalvachomer, you can't just assume that it's gonna also contaminate Kalim. 
that just because, right, so again, just because a kli that becomes contaminated by, I'm sorry, just because a liquid that becomes contaminated by a kli that was contaminated by a sheretz can be metame, ochle, but not kalim, you cannot then say, oh, well, if the liquid was contaminated by the sheretz directly, it would be able to be metame kalim, because that is a violation of the principle of dio, right? Because the, the way dio works is, even though it is true, even suppose you would be able to concede that a kli, that even if you'd be able to concede that liquids that become tummy by a sheretz directly are a stronger level of tumma than liquids that become contaminated by a kli that was contaminated by a sheretz, that you, you would not be able to extrapolate from that 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 liquid would be able to be metamikalim in addition to solid foods because simply you cannot extrapolate that way. That's not how palvachomers work. You don't say that just because one type of tumma of liquids is stronger presumably than the other that it all of a sudden brings it into a different category which can be metamikalim as well. That's not how Kabbalah works. We have the principle of Dayo that says that we can't learn and extrapolate um, A, right? A being greater than B doesn't mean that A has a, a more, a greater capacity in a different context. Um, I guess the easiest way to just explain it before we move on is, right, we don't make assumptions, right, that, that just because A is greater than B, that all of a sudden where B was unable to contaminate Kalim, that A must be able to contaminate Kalim. Unless we have some real proof, we're going to assume that A is greater than B, but it still doesn't have any greater power, halakhically, with respect to being able to contaminate Kalim. Okay? So I repeated myself there a little bit, but it's just to show how the principle of Dayo would apply to this, uh, to this aspect, to this halakha of the liquids being Matami Kalim. Okay. So, all right, four lines down, we explained what Yitma means, right, which is, Riyasi holds that, that liquids can only contaminate foods, Midar Raisa. So now let's talk about the first Yitma, where we talked about the foods can contaminate other things. Do that other things mean foods also? Well, we know that that Papa would say no. So let's see if the Pesuk can bear that out as well. Says the Gemara, Yitma Daresha Hechi Darsh. How is Rabbi Kiva Darshaning this first Yitma on the Pasuk? Does Mikola Ocha Shayachela Shayavala Mayimitma? That's what the Pasuk says. So Yitame. So as we already said, Rabbi Kiva holds that it's being able to be Mitame. Mitame what? So as we said, that solid is metame liquids, liquids are metame solid. Kamara just wants to analyze this a little bit further, to flesh it out, pun intended. Well, maybe, again, we're trying to be metame, not only mashkin, but we're trying to figure out uh, how does this fit in with the four different shitas of whether a liquid is potent enough to be metame kli? Can we determine this or not from here? Can a liquid be metame kli? Could that be the illusion in the Pasuk? Kamara says, Amr uh-oh. Similar, almost the same kind of kli. We know that liquid can be metame solid, but we already said that liquid can't be metame kli. So ochel ochel. So therefore, again, food that can't be now. Andrew is shaking his head because food can't be metame food because they're both food. It's not because it's a lower level of tuma. Be that as it may, for purposes of kavachomer, we're assuming that food is less potent than liquids because liquids can be metame ochel and ochel can't be metame ochel. Shouldn't it be a kavachomer that it also wouldn't be able to be metame kli? Ha mani so how will I uh, understand the word gitma? Rather, it must mean not to be metamic kli, but rather latame samashkin. That it means that the foods, it's referring to the food's ability to contaminate, not a kli, but the contaminated be- uh, beverage. So we're talking about, again, just turning it back from food to liquid. So now we have sources that liquids are metame solid, solids are metame liquids, and neither of them can be metame kli. So the Mara asks, my ear in mashkin mishum da'alulin l'kabal tumah, tepikle mishum da'leka midi acharina. Wow. How can we prove that the pasuk that, that the Pasuk is referring to food contaminating liquids um, on the basis right, uh, that, that the foods are, the mashkin are more prone to be makabal tumah. We should say, we should derive it from the fact, right, that the food, by process of elimination, uh, what else can a food possibly contaminate? We don't need to do this uh, based on a comparison to liquids because we just proved that food can't contaminate kalim, right? And we already know as we, as we will see soon, as we've seen from a pup already, but we're going to prove in the psukin themselves that foods can't be matami other foods. So if, by process of elimination, if the food can't be matami kalim and it can't be matami foods, 
So then the only thing left is that it's metamid liquids, and that could be how you learn it. Okay. In other words, you don't need to do it by kalakomer, you could also do it by process of elimination. But either way, this is just talking about different ways of learning the limudim in order to learn out the halacha that foods are metamid liquids. So the Gemara says, this is, this, is the, this is how we meant to say the kalakomer. Right? Let's take food. So we know the food is metame mashkin. Okay? If you say that the food should therefore be able to contaminate a kli, even though a liquid can't, we would, we would answer, No. We also have a chumr with mashkin. Don't say, and this is what we were referring to earlier in our sort of sem- uh, mini intro, that don't say, right, it's the I- internal irony of, of liquids, that in certain sense, liquids need extra limudim to teach you that they're metame. But don't say that they're weaker, uh, less potent form of tumah than solids, right, because we do have a certain potency of mashkin. How so? Says the Gemara, Mishim de mashkin alulin lekabal tumah. Because beverages, right, liquids are in fact in a certain way more prone to acquiring tumah. How so? Umahi alila san, right, what is this susceptibility, we'll call it? There it is, the irony of liquids, as we said before, that whereas food needs to be moistened by one of the Zion Mashkim in order to be Makabal Tumah, liquids themselves can get the Tumah directly. They don't need anything else to help them. So in a certain sense, liquids are a more potent Tumah ve- vehicle. Okay. And therefore you can't draw Kalachom one for the other. Yes. Can you say that last word Yeah. Whereas food, we already said earlier, a food, a, a dry food can't be Makabal Tumah. It needs to have what's called Heksher. Right? It needs to be primed. How so? By being moistened by one of the Zion Mashkin. By being moistened by a liquid. Right? As, as opposed to a liquid that can become Tumah without having to be moistened by a liquid that's already moist. Okay? So, but the point is that the Gemara sees value in that. They see in that, and, and, and you can see why they would see that, right? That it sounds like when you hear such a thing, when you know this halacha, it sounds like liquids are like um, a better super spreader, so to speak, of Tumah than, than, than dry solids. Because solids need the liquid in order to be a couple Tumah altogether. Okay, so the point that Gemara is trying to make is that you can't draw Kavachomer and assume that, uh, that solids are more potent, right, contaminator of Tumah than liquids because they need liquids to, to impart Tumah. Whereas liquids don't need solids, right, they can impart Tumah on their own. I hope that was somewhat clear. So let's keep going with this Pasuk, 17 lines down here, Yitmah. The Pasuk actually says Yitmah, right, what does Yitmah mean? The Ein Oseki That's where Rapapa, right, we get Rapapa that says that the liquid or the solid is only going to bring Tumah to that which is uh, like it's right that, that it can only make something that's tummy right um, not like itself it can only make a tummy in other words a food is not going to contaminate the food a liquid won't contaminate the liquid they have to only contaminate each other so Gemara asked me how can wait that's what you learned from me maybe you can learn from a different pasuk what's the other pasuk that if water was put on a zera right on the seed and then the sheretz is like a dead sheretz falls on it then it's tummy. Says the Gemara, who that the seed itself is going to become tummy, but it can't make a tummy object like itself, which is to say, it can't contaminate another food. So anyway, it's a limud. In a limud, in a pasuk, that teaches you this concept of solids don't contaminate solids, liquids don't contaminate liquids, but they do contaminate each other. Gemara, their answer is Well, one pasuk talks about mashkim that becomes tummy by a sheretz. As we said before, right? The, the there's we're still trying to figure out: Are we going to have a halachic nafkamin over here, where whether the liquid Let's say you, have a, uh, you pour liquid into a cup. So if the cup had previously been contaminated by sherets and you pour the liquid in it, so that's already a tumor that the liquid gets from the cup by association, a previous association with the sherets. What if you have the liquid in the cup and let's say the sherets falls right into it and that, that's already mainlining the tumor of the sherets. Is that going to have a different higher level of tumor? Is that going to have a lacha nafkamina? So here we're saying, that one Pasuk is teaching you that the Tumah comes with direct contact with the Sheretz. And the other one's talking about where the contact with the Sheretz was more indirect. It's in contact with the Kli that had been in contact with the Sheretz. But you need both Pasukim. Why? Because if you only had a Pasuk, let's say you only had a Pasuk and you knew, right, that liquids that become Tameh by going into the Kli Cheres, 
that had a sheretz before, if that's tummy, so certainly if a sheretz falls straight into it, it would be tummy. So we say, Mishum Delo Chamir. We say, well, that's only, that only makes liquids tummy because they're not, because liquids are not like carriers of a very chamar tumma. Right? In a, right? Because it's a shani. It's a shani litumma. Hava b'mashki and habayin machmet sheretz, the chamiri, but maybe you would think there that only liquids become tummy when they touch the sheretz itself. So, so you might say that maybe that kind of that kind of liquid, when it becomes tummy by sheretz itself, maybe you would say that that could be matami other liquids. That's why the Torah needed both psukim to teach you that even a liquid that's contaminated by sheretz directly can't contaminate other liquids. That's why you need both psukim to teach you that in any event, no matter how the liquid becomes tummy, whether it's indirectly through the kli or from the sheretz directly, it can't be matami other liquids. Wow. But the Torah should therefore should have just had the one possible where the liquid becomes contaminated by the sheretz directly, and it would have taught you that it can't contaminate other liquids, and then you would know, certainly if it has a second degree tumma, that it gets the contamination not from the sheretz, but from the kli, that it also can't be matami other mashkin. And then we would say, as the Gemara says, you would have learned that second aspect of when it gets a second degree tumma from the kli by, perforce by Kalva Chomer. says the Gemara, that, that could be true. However, here a different principle. It's true, you could have learned it from a Kalchomer, and a Chinami. But the Pasuk said it anyway. Can you believe that? In other words, we spent so much time here, right, trying to say, oh, the Pasuk said both of them because you needed, right, Tzricha. How many times do you say Tzricha? You needed both to teach you it's like this, and when it's like this, you needed to teach you it's like that. Here the Gemara is simply saying, no, you really didn't need both Sukim. Once you learned that, once it's Tommy from a directly, it's not Metami other Mashkim, you didn't need to know, it's obvious from a Kalvachomer that if it's Metami via a Kli by association, a second degree Tuma, that it's not Metami other Mashkim. But the Pasuk said it anyway. We had both Sukim. Sometimes the Torah will, in fact, even though you could have derived from a Kalvachomer, the Torah will emphasize it by actually spelling it out twice with the Sukim. Amazing. Let's see how many terms we have left. We have about two minutes, 12 lines up from the bottom of Okay, we clarified Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yossi. Now, let's see, what do we say before we say that Rabbi Yossi held like Rabbi Kiva or didn't hold like Rabbi Kiva? Ravina said to Ravashi, Rava, Rava said, Lo Rabbi Yossi suffered Rabbi Kiva, Lo Rabbi Kiva suffered Rabbi Yossi. According to Rava, Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Kiva did not agree with each other. In other words, Rabbi, Yossi, Rabbi Kiva really said, he expanded the Pasuk by solids. Rabbi Yossi extended it to liquids. So Ravashi says, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Amra. Velay, Lo Sfirle. So Rava had a source, okay, that, that Rabbi Yossi and Rikiva, actually, even though one was common to the other, they had different shitas with regards to that. So Ravashi is explaining that that's true. That source is actually a correct, reliable source. But it happens to be when we're talking about Rabbi Yossi, uh, he's actually teaching, like, the teachings of his Rebbe, Rabbi Yossi, but he himself in his personal life held a little bit differently over here. Let's see, 623, eight lines up from the bottom, and you have some days. We'll do a little bit more, and then we will continue tomorrow. I'm like Ravashi, Lev Kahana, this issue of Rabbi Yossi here. Bishlam Rabbi Yossi lost over like Rabbi Kiva. I can understand that Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold like Rabbi Kiva the Tanya because we have a brisa. Amar Rabbi Yossi minayin Rabbi Kodesh Apostle. Where do we know that you can have, as we know, is the case that a fourth degree tumah can be metame right kachim v'dinhu. It's a kav chomer. Ma mechusar kipurim shemutar b'truma apostle b'kodesh. We'll discuss with the concept of mechusar kipurim and then we'll stop. We know that when you have a zav zava mitzora yoledes all these bodily irregularities, you have to go to the mikvah. Then after you go to the mikvah, you have to wait for shkia, right? And at that point, you're called a tvul yom. And once you're a tvul yom, you can eat truma, but you cannot yet eat kachim until the next day when you bring a korban, right? Those four types of tumah have to bring uh, korban, and at that point, until they bring a korban, they're called a mechusar kipurim. So a mechusar kipurim can eat truma, but he cannot eat kachim. Once he brings a korban, he can eat kachim. So we'll pick up tomorrow with Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yossi and how they deal with the fourth level of tumah with respect to kachim, how kaddish does have to be to be susceptible to a fourth degree tumah. We're a few lines up from the bottom of the class of base. Thank you very much. Thank you.